do come in. You are most graciously welcome to Tens on Tens, a girl talk comedy podcast in which two tens make top ten lists about whatever they choose and shoot the shit, as it were. So procure the libation of your choice and, pardon my candor, sit down, shut up, and listen. Here are your hosts, the debutantes of debauchery, the queens of crass, the mistresses of muckrockery, Emma and Lo. Hi, Tens. It's Editing Emma once again. Um, I just wanted to hop on here and tell you guys really quick, like most of our episodes where we get really carried away, um, we did have to cut this one into two, so don't freak out when it ends pretty abruptly. You'll hear from me again before we call it quits for the day, but I just want to give you a heads up. We're very excited about this episode, but unfortunately, I think the audio got a little bit corrupted. I didn't want to scrap it all because it's such good content, so it's not perfect, but I still thought I would share with you so bear with me there um can't wait for y'all to hear it bye all right tens hi welcome back uh it's your girl as usual and uh today i have a really special guest for you and it is not none other than my very best friend since i don't know how long now alexis oh my gosh since middle school it's been a while we passed our 10 year anniversary a long time ago (laughs) Um, Hi, Tens, fellow ten speaking. <laughs> so excited to be here. Hell yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, so yeah, Lexi and I met when we were like 12. I don't even know how or what. I was thinking about that after work. How did we even meet? I think it was probably we both did lacrosse and we had some sports or some sports, some classes together in middle mm-hmm. school. Um, yes. We just headed off. It's I wasn't going to let her go. I knew I had a good one. To me, it occur- It like feels like I've just, I just always knew you. So it didn't, yep. I don't remember like <laughs> meeting you ever, which is crazy, but that's how you know you got a good one. Um, yeah. So Lex and I kind of grew up together. We didn't actually go to the same high school, but we did go to the same college and we were roommates freshman year until she abandoned me for the sorority <laughs> house. And I never I got did. over it. No. You bitch. Anyway. <laughs> I practically lived in your apartment though junior and senior year of college i would say i made up this for it true. in the end this I was is arguably true. your worst roommate in college though i would say possibly no no <laughs> well. uh, but i i did have a lot of roommates i will say though the fact that you ended up like heading out means that i met megan as we've talked about her several times on the show so you know everything's for the best um but yeah so it kind of like brought megsies into the group which was very fun but the thing about Lexi is she is um, like a sunflower personified. So everyone who meets this girl is like, uh, is she always like that? And I'm like, yes. And uh, she's legitimately the sweetest, kindest person I know. And she also happens to be an expert in today's subject, which is like the quintessential sleepover topic. And that is, of course, drumroll, please, romantic comedies. So. <sighs> Tell us really quick why you love the rom-com genre, because I know that you love it. I sure do. This is one of those things I do think I'm an expert on. I, you know, the world's just crazy, much less for a teacher as yourself and a nurse like me. And I think rom-coms are just a way to really escape reality. It's just happy. You feel good. It's, um, it's something really special for me as well, having grown up in almost an exclusively female household, just my brother in my house, and then all of my cousins, it was a bunch of girls. And so romantic comedies were something we just always did together. So not only is it just 
a happy thing to watch, but it's something that I have a lot of really fond memories of growing up. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I totally get that. How would you define a rom-com? Because for me, it seems like any movie that is directed for women seems to be classified as one. But how would you mm-hmm. how would you classify it? Ooh. So we're definitely going to get in some of these into my list. Some of these movies, I would say, definitely skew more comedy. But I would say anything that has romance as a central plot line, if the basic, just the uh, the underlying story has to do with Yes, the romantic, like the chase, then mm. romantic comedy. You know what's so funny, though? Do you think that there are many rom-coms that feature, like, that are made for men, is the question I guess I'm asking. Hmm. You know, it's really interesting that you say that, because a lot of these movies that we'll be talking about maybe have not aged the best. I would say a lot of these women are kind of in the male gaze, mm-hmm. more or less, just their ideas of beauty, um, even professions that men want women to have. Um, even just the idea of like girl next door is very male gazy. I can get oh, a little sure. male gazy. Um, but I think overall, it's still largely for women. That's true. And I think what's great about the genre, it's one of the few genres that actually like, uh, had a lot of female directors, though a lot of them surprisingly are directed by men uh but i i've actually had a hard time kind of coming up with this list um because a lot of the movies i thought would qualify i was like i I, there's a little wiggle room here so i just was like fuck it put it on we'll talk about it and i thought it would make it interesting yeah um but i definitely love the concept of like the chick flick basically just being any movie that has a female protagonist like come on so mm-hmm. rom-com kind of narrows it down a little bit as far as like the chick flick genre goes. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start us off today because you are our guest. So I'm, I'm just going to show you the ropes a smidge <laughs> here on TNT. You do. Um, but I think my 10th one might surprise you a little bit. I asked you that question about movies directed rom-coms for men. Um, and I think this one is it. This is probably the only Ooh. one. So uh, in 10th place, I actually have Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <sighs> I literally thought about putting this on here. I am very happy that you did. Yeah. This mm-hmm. movie, I, I love it so much. And I, I loved the comics growing up. Obviously, I was a big fangirl. Like, back when the movie came out, like, I went to the midnight premiere and all that. And I was on all the, like, forums and shit. Because, you know, she was a little hipster, obnoxious bitch in, in back in the day. <laughs> but um, this movie is great. Honestly, Edgar Wright, the director, everything he touches turns to gold. Um, but Scott Pilgrim, if you don't know, if you are not familiar is about a little hipster Canadian boy who falls in love with the little uh, hipster American girl. And he has to (laughs) fight all of her exes like a video game character to win her love. Um, So that's pretty much like it. Like literally romance is the central point of the story. And it's very funny. Like that's rom-com, but nobody seems to associate the two, which is insane to me. And you know, one thing I'll say about that movie that I don't think any movie has done quite as well is you truly feel like you are watching a comic book. I am obsessed with the editing in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love all of the art in it. Their, their costumes, everything. It is such a fun movie to watch. It's true. It's true. I really love it. Um, also, fun fact for you guys, uh, your girl is drawn into the last <laughs> Scott Pilgrim uh, graphic novel. I'm glad um, you brought this up because I do brag about knowing somebody who is drawn in the novel. I have texted you, <laughs> as you know, I'll be like, Emma, which volume exactly, what page I need to show someone right now that you're in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a bunch of random ones, but a lot of my friends, my internet friends from back in the day were on these Scott Pilgrim forums and we did talk to 
uh, some of the people that did the background art for the novel. So uh, he would draw a lot of us in there. And I think I'm on in like three panels. Honestly, any blonde bitch with glasses, you could be like, is that is that Emma? I think I'm on the page where Scott comes back to life. Spoilers. Um, so there's that. Anyway, so someone recently asked me, you know, if there was a movie that you would want a sequel to, what would it be? And I thought, you know, Scott Pilgrim, but specifically, I want Knives story. I want justice for Knives. I want her to have Amanda fall in love with someone that knows how lucky he is to have her. Because as much as I love Scott, he does her wrong a little bit. Like a lot (laughs) of it. A lot of it. And he's, she's just wonderful. I love Knives. And so I would love to have a little knives sequel to Scott Pilgrim. Well, two things about that. Retrospectively, uh, Scott Pilgrim is a super awful character. Um, <laughs> he was like worshipped by little hipster boys back in the day, but Absolutely. like he's fully like what twenty three, dating a seventeen year old, sir, a predator. <laughs> please, okay, please. <laughs> yeah. So knives Chow is the character Lexi's talking about here uh, as a little uh, Chinese schoolgirl. So uh, there's some <laughs> problematic shit there. <laughs> But uh, what's interesting that you say that is I think in the original cut of the movie, when Scott's defeated all of Ramona's exes and stuff, uh, he actually decides to go with Knives as the better fit, which I think would have been a really great ending. You're right? lying. Yeah, that's Shoot. I think they filmed you know, it. Maybe because it, it, I do think that their relationship, although it's the fun in the movie is almost, you know, the pursuit of this relationship working out, defeating her mm-hmm. evil exes. Um, ultimately, they don't, I don't think, have it to make it long term as a couple. Thus, I agree with you putting them in at number 10. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right, let's, <laughs> let's hear what you got for your next one. All right, so starting out at number 10. Now, this movie's at the bottom of my list because it is a movie that has absolutely been done before it has a million iterations but this is my favorite one it is cinderella story so (laughs) this specific cinderella story just to read a quick little summary of it um so sam a teenager in california is obliged to work as a janitor and dishwasher in the diner of her stepmother after a cell phone mix-up sam begins an anonymous text messaging and messaging and email relationship with a boy so our girl hillary duff stars in this oh god I, we talked about this movie, I think, in a, like an episode or two ago, but not in depth. But I, I did mention that I'm obsessed with Hilary Duff's hair in this movie. Absolutely. This this is a movie that people our age specifically have moments, outfits, fashion moments, beauty moments that are just will stick with you forever. You know exactly what her dress looks like, the big dress yeah. reveal. You know yeah. everybody wanted a masquerade prom after watching this movie. <laughs> and it never, ever worked out the way mm-hmm. you wanted it to because the schools would never allow you to wear masks. <laughs> Wonder why, yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's, a, that's a, honestly a really amazing movie. But why that one, not the a million other iterations of them? I think a lot of it for me was timing. I think I was just the perfect age for that coming out. Um, also, oh my goodness, what is his name? Is it Chad? No. Chad what Michael Murray? Thank Chad Michael you. Murray. You're welcome. I mean, he was just the most dreamy Prince Charming for me. I mean, that was just yeah, perfect. Was I loved, you know, I, again, I very much related to being the shy girl in the back that nobody notices and to have the chance for the popular boy to fall in love with me for me and my personality without him knowing who I was. I mean... Hello, oh, perfect. Oh, hello. You mean mm-hmm. Drew Seeley didn't do it for you? <laughs> mm, I am not into blonde men as much as. <laughs> is he, wait, is he handsome? 
Is he blonde? I yeah, I don't know. I th- like Chad Michael Murray is blonde, which is like he's one of the rare, very cute mm-hmm. blonde boys. But mm-hmm. Drew Seeley, who was in the um, second Cinderella story with Selena Gomez, which I've never seen that movie, by the way. I just know this shit. Um, I forgot that was even made. Yep. Right. So Drew Seeley, if you don't know who he is, he's most famous for being Troy Bolton's singing voice in High School Musical <laughs> 1 and 2. Um, Ooh. He got his Disney check and he bounced. I think wow, he was so... also like on tour with the High School Musical cast when they did that instead of Zac Efron. Who knows? Wow, so he has a lot with our leading lady, Hilary Duff, who did none, you know, she didn't have any original songs in this movie, but uh, I do know you have talked about her having separate singing voices for some of her later (laughs) career adventures. We love you. She's an icon. I love Hilary Duff. Also, Um, I don't know if you know about this. This is my favorite Hilary Duff fun fact is like the first time she got married, paparazzi like... (laughs) these pictures of her i already know I already oh know. <laughs> so for those aren't in the know this is the greatest series of paparazzi photos i've ever seen essentially someone caught on camera like her getting proposed to by her first like husband and then her immediately like blowing him afterwards and it's like oh my god that's so embarrassing but also iconic good for you bitch Listen, <laughs> uh relatable yeah. you're telling me that this is not happening in real life absolutely it is yeah and the best part is like the last image in the like series is her like just looking at her ring and i'm like yeah get it queen <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i love that i yes. love her me too okay moving right up the line number nine for me and you might you may or may not know this movie but i was low-key obsessed with it and it also had like uh i don't know if it was based on a book if somebody wrote a book about the movie but i read the book obsessively as a kid and it's um penelope starring christina ricci and james mcavoy i am so happy you also have this on your list i didn't even think about it and that movie is wonderful I know. The reason it's so low is it's honestly an excellent movie. The only reason it's so low is it's not very funny. It's more like no. a modern fantasy, I'd say. But it's just like, as far as romantic movies go, like, oh my God, it has one of the best on-screen kisses I've ever seen. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even being hyperbolic here. I, I downloaded this movie on my iPod Nano back in the day. Oh, <laughs> that man. You and, watched like, all like little inch and a half of it. Yeah. <laughs> And I would rewind that kissing and just watch it over and over again obsessively. And I was like, yeah, my bitch is doing everything she can. Um, But for those who don't know, this movie is about a girl who is cursed to have a pig nose. And she's just like super cool and smart and beautiful and rich and like all of this stuff. Um, But she has to marry like an aristocratic blue blood type uh, to get rid of her nose, like to break the curse. So she ends up falling in love with this guy who is like kind of faking it for the money, right? He's not actually aristocratic, but they do have like a legitimate relationship. And I don't want to spoil the ending for you, but it's it's literally uh, so dreamy. And Reese Witherspoon plays a little biker was, chick in it. Again, love. I'm glad that you brought this up because I was going to say featuring the one and only Reese. Yeah, <laughs> love. Anything she touches turns to gold as well. <laughs> this is so true. Oh, my God. Um, I love her a lot. And I, I could I could spend days talking about it, but I especially love her in her producer era. Like the stuff that she produces is fantastic. Big Little Lies is such a good show. Uh, wow. Oh, my God. But somebody told me once that Big Little Lies, Good Girls and that show Claws were all the same story with different socioeconomic backgrounds. And that shit <laughs> fucked me up. Which <laughs> is pretty funny. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm obsessed with Penelope. It's so good. Yep. That's all I got on that. 
Very cute. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think about that movie, what I have to say about it. Again, it's just a very whimsical movie. And I, I did expect mm-hmm. a lot of your picks to be a little bit more art house, a little bit more whimsical. <laughs> um, it's definitely a fun movie though. And it's um, not to give too many spoilers, but she really comes into her own in that movie. And I think that's what really makes it, you know, she starts making uh, yeah. her own calls, her own shots. She just gets tired of what everyone else is telling her to do and so we love that for her we love that yeah it's definitely like really great when a character like learns that they don't like need somebody but they Mm -hmm. want that person it makes it so Mm -hmm. much better i think that's like the jane austen appeal you know um and so anytime like a a main character especially a a female like is like you know what i am i've like come into my own i know what i want i know who i am that's really beautiful and fun to watch and and this is just done so beautifully and whimsically mm-hmm. and just wonderfully it's i really recommend a, a rewatch if it's been a while and if you haven't seen it the first time watch it immediately <laughs> not on an ipod nano preferably a normal ass tv <laughs> no you know i love the nostalgia of a little ipod nano moment i had i had that movie i had um what else oh the other boleyn girl with natalie portman um oh, i had the M- marie antoinette and then the other one i had which i actually just rewatched the other night with megan is a uh, big fish with ewan mcgregor which is another excellent whimsical movie <laughs> i'm noticing a theme it's okay i knew this theme was coming there you go. <laughs> i very you much go. expected it um so to take a super hard detour from sweet and whimsical <laughs> yes i am going to be talking about the wedding singer today Oh, yeah. So okay. The Wedding Singer, for those who haven't watched it, this is one of Adam Sandler's movie. I would say his maybe one true rom-com from the golden age of Adam Sandler, or like early 2000s, 90s. So Adam Sandler's character, Robbie, he is a wedding singer and he he befriends Drew Barrymore's character, Julia who is working at this same venue as a waitress. The basis of the movie is that Robbie gets left at the altar. He is heartbroken and him and Drew Barrymore's character, Julia, begin this beautiful friendship of talking through their messy relationships just to realize that they love each other and they were each other's perfect soulmate all along. That's Um, cute. So Adam Sandler really gets a lot of hate for casting absolute babes in his movies and going to absolute dream locations which I can't hate on him too much but Drew Barrymore of all the women I'm going to talk about today is my absolute favorite so I absolutely find nothing wrong with this because I too would cast Drew Barrymore as my opposite in a movie Um, but this movie just has so much heart to it it's um it's just the journey of healing and finding someone else there for you in that healing. And it's really beautiful. So is Drew Barrymore like your Reese Witherspoon? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say that easily. That makes sense. I feel like she and Adam Sandler have done a lot of romantic comedies together, right? <laughs> Funny that you say that. So as I was researching little fun facts for this movie, Drew Barrymore actually contacted Adam Sandler when she saw the script. So before they really had an open casting call and said, we are quote unquote cinematic soulmates. She said, I know, I know that we would do this movie well together. I know that we will be great on screen together, mm-hmm. which he then, um, what's the other movie? Like 50 first dates, like Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. definitely becomes a, re- a recurring character in all of his movies. Um, so I guess she was right, but I, that makes me cringe a little bit to think that my, my Queen Drew Barrymore 
thought Adam Sandler was her cinematic soulmate, but also I can't totally knock her logic because I think they've had some great movies together. Adam Sandler is an unproblematic fave, and I will defend him. I think uh, don't fuck it up, Adam. Don't don't make me take back <laughs> yeah. my word, bitch. Um, but I I read somewhere that someone had this theory that his production company Happy Madison is like a money laundering front. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny to me because they're like, yeah, he just like fucks off to like, you know, the Bahamas and makes a movie with his buddies every like four years. <laughs> like, I mean, so I think he's doing it right. I think people are mad at him because he's figured out the system. Right. You know, of course. I, but... I just I love him. I love his movies. But this one's just a particular favorite of mine. Also, if you have time, look up the song Love Stinks that he does in this movie. He also, his early comedy career, he does a lot of comedy CDs. His stand-ups are funny, mm-hmm. but he does a lot that are music-based. And it's just so fun. That, that song is hilarious in that movie. Um, I am definitely fully... Listen. Yeah, oh, yeah. But see, when he was, like, on SNL doing all his comedy things, I'm fully of the opinion that he was, like, the Pete Davidson of the 90s. And I'm not even joking. Like, he's Explain. a little ugly. He's a little ugly, but you watch those videos of him and you're like, it's kind of cute. <laughs> you're like, mm, okay, I kind of like it. This it's is peak Adam Sandler cuteness, I will say. Mm, but also, I'm intrigued by your theory, and I have to say, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying, it's like an unexpected, like, oh, he's kind of cute. And, you know, he's a he's like a nice guy. I, yep, his big so, personality. He sings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus he's got he's got movie money baby like you and i could easily land in adam sandler what the fuck are we doing like i'm I'm, you know it's not it's not without the realm of possibility you know what i mean i'm just saying so things to consider folks uh you come for the 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 lists and you stay for the the theories and yeah there you go okay is it my turn i think so it is your turn okay i'm so excited to talk about this next one this is another one where uh rom-com is loosely applied to it but it is like sort of (laughs) it's based on a jane austen novel so i already think you know which one i'm talking about but is uh clueless starring alicia silverstone directed (sighs) by amy heckerling so this story i am obsessed with this movie top three for me easily um i get my top like We'll talk about my my top two later, but um, this movie is fascinating to me for so many reasons. But Clueless is based on Emma by Jane Austen, which is a, a you know a book about matchmaking. Uh, and if you saw the recent A twenty four version of Emma with um, Anya Taylor Joy, she's fantastic in it. The costuming is amazing. But sure it's just like it. sure, we saw it together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, if you're gonna do this story this Emma story, which like a great name, by the way, um, you do have to come with the costuming. And so Clueless is obviously known for its great costuming. And the uh, costume designer for this movie, uh, Mona May, is honestly one of the most insanely cool and interesting people I've ever heard about. Uh, the way she did costumes for this movie is so cool. So these these people live in, you know, California and it's nice and beautiful all the time. But they communicate like how characters grow, what time of year it is through the things they wear. And she essentially created this entire new look for the 90s because at the time, like it was grunge. And she's like, Beverly Hills billionaires aren't wearing grunge. So she like invented this look. And there's all these small little details you might not notice if you've watched it only once, but I've watched it 5,000 million times. (laughs) Um, Like, you know, she's wearing that iconic checkered yellow suit dress thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, what people tend to miss on that is she's got a lot of little punk rock elements in there. There's like a bunch of like, you know, pins and stuff all over her. 
kind of holding it together. It's just phenomenal. And that's just the costuming. Um, the director, Amy Heckerling, which is, you know, I love talking about female directors because they very rarely get, you know, uh, the spotlight. But the she, space they deserve. Right. When the when the uh, the script for Clueless was written, it got thrown around all of the studios. Nobody wanted it. It was blah. And then they attached Alicia Silverstone to it, who she was fresh fresh off of, um, I think, of the Aerosmith music videos. And then everybody was like, "Oh fuck yeah, let's get into it!" And it was like there was like a bidding war for this movie. But it's just like not only did it invent like the style, it it entirely changed like how people talked. It's really interesting and cool movie to look about like the cultural influences of it. i could talk about it all day easily um and as far as like the romance goes it's a little weird that she ends up with her ex-stepbrother but it is paul <laughs> rudd so i'll let it slide <laughs> you know i i'm glad that you're talking about the fashion just oh, moments that that movie has because i have a lot of respect for any kind of costuming that um you can just look at it and boom you immediately know what it is like you mm -hmm. know when you see that little yeah. plaid yellow suit exactly where it's from oh yeah and you know what the, Cher, the main character is, the, is obviously very interesting to look at what she wears but even the 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 supporting characters they also tell a story with it with what they wear like dion um is a lot more adventurous in what she picks out the the hats that she wears are a little bit more risque and like Ty can incorporate kind of elements of grunge and of like sporty kind of like X Games culture. And it's mm -hmm. so fucking cool. I am obsessed. Good costuming is hard to do, especially when it's not like a period piece. And at the time it wasn't, it was just, you know, modern day. And so getting a modern day costume designer who can still tell a story that's obvious and cultural and amazing. It's groundbreaking. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think this is another example of one of those stories where the, the, the romance plot is there, but the central idea is about this girl discovering herself. Yep. And I live for that shit. I do love, aside from rom-coms, I do love a coming-of-age movie. And there's there's some movies on my list, list that definitely have that as a big plot point. Yeah. But I do, yeah, like any movie of a woman just learning more about herself and finding love along the way, like I can't be mad at that. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like this is probably one of the movies that you're like, I have to let Emma talk about this one. <laughs> oh, there were definitely a couple that I was like, you know what, this is absolutely Emma's movie. I'm going to let her have it. And yet we still had four movies overlapping. <laughs> I know. This is the most I've ever had overlapping in any list I've ever made. And I've done these quite a bit now. So Megan was like, y'all have known each other way too fucking long. <laughs> We're just consuming media with each other at the same time. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I, I don't know, though, in the past like year, you've kind of been on this little adventure, uh, like going through movies that you'd never seen before. What's that been like? It's been really fun because rom-coms are definitely my safe space that I know what I love. That is my bread and butter. But my boyfriend and I recently have been going through IMDb's top 100, and it's just been so fun. Yeah. You definitely have to be in the mood because, like I said, sometimes I'm like, babe, I really just don't want to watch a World War II movie tonight, please. And it's like, oh, well, that's 33 of the 100 movies. And so <laughs> let's just go from there. Oh, um, my God. But gosh, I mean, I just, I mean, who doesn't like movies? But movie magic is just something. I mean, storytelling, it, you know, it comes down to the art of storytelling visually through script, through the actors. It's just been 
such a fun time. Yeah. And I, Lexi got me really into Letterboxd. That's really fun too, to like Mm -hmm. review whatever movies you've seen and then go back at the end of the year and see all the stuff you watched and what you thought about it. It's kind of like a little diary of your year. And I I love doing that. And I love reading Lexi's reviews because she's so earnest in them. (laughs) And I'm like, I say, not. So Emma just kind of gets straight at them, straight to it. She's like, want to know the craziest shit I saw in this hour and a half? I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. But I love, I, I love reading your reviews because they're like, you know, this is a really fun movie to watch with my mom or my boyfriend or my friend. And I love the, and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And I love when I make a cameo. <laughs> I will say the last one I did was seeing the new Top Gun was out that came out, which you actually texted me about to go see. And I just yeah. encapsulated it was summer movie magic fun. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, God. No, let's talk about Top Gun for a second, because um, I can't think of a movie that's like more not in my alley than Top Gun. <laughs> I like my I was at my parents house with my boyfriend and they're like, do you guys want to go see the new Top Gun movie? And I was like, I can't stress to you how much I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> Um, this is a favorite dream (laughs) yeah and then I was like you know I made my dad watch Frozen too so I'll go watch it and so he put on the first movie and I was like this is awful how did this fucking blow up this movie is so bad I also think that the original is doo-doo to put it lightly I mean it's just awful and so I had absolutely negative interest in this movie coming out and then I have a lot of the media I consume or movie critics and just people that just love watching movies and over and over again people kept saying it was great it was great I was like no maybe I'll see it get a text from you it says all right hear me out this is a military move you actually want to see I was like sold with Emma I have never in my life gotten a text even remotely similar to this from Emma so I must go Right. And like, I could, I hate a military movie, but I had such a good time. Miles Teller looks hot with a mustache, you know? Fun. Oh, love. We, we love a homoerotic little scene. They have plenty of that. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Take your dad. It's the be- biggest thing that happened to dad since the original dad, Top Gun movie. Everybody yeah. wins. Everybody <laughs> wins in this movie. Woo. All right. What's next on your list? I hope it's Speaking not Top of Gun. another movie that everybody <laughs> wins. All right. So we're taking it back. We haven't really hit this, like, absolutely what I would consider the golden age of romantic comedies. Okay. So yeah. we talked about Drew Barrymore. She right. is my favorite leading lady. We are now Obviously. going to talk about my favorite leading man, who I'm pretty oh. sure you know who it is. Do I? Can we have a guest, please? Oh, uh, Tom Hanks, right? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. So. Yes. <laughs> Um, America's parents, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, star in Sleepless in Seattle. So Sleepless in Seattle is the story of a journalist, Ryan, played by Meg Ryan, funny enough, who, despite being newly engaged, becomes enamored with a recently widowed architect, played by Hanks, when... Hank's son calls him to to a talk radio program requesting a new partner for his grieving father. So... I find this horribly romantic. You, you, you know, I'm a pediatric nurse. I love kids. I love the idea of someone's kid calling into a radio station talking about how his dad, who loves him so much, just needs, you know, he needs a mom for him, someone to love him. So of course, Mike Ryan hearing this and being the sensible woman she is, just falls in love with him. Falls in love with him Obviously. and needs to know who he is. So I'm curious, first of all, if you've watched this movie, and then second of all. Do you think if you had uh, done this to your dad that it would have actually worked or gone anywhere? Uh, so, no, I've never seen this movie, actually. 
Uh, I'm not much of a rom-com person in general. Like I haven't seen as all of the classics, which is why, you know, we did this with, with you immediately. Cause I was like, ah, we gotta, we gotta call in an expert, but I, obviously I know it's iconic. Um, I was just about to say like my dad would get crazy people and weirdos and kids calling in all the time. Um, so like, I, I think you'd have been like, all oh, right. Yeah, sure. Is, <laughs> is your mom hot? Like, you know, cause he was a disc jockey in like the eighties and nineties yep. and shit. He's like, no, anyway, here's Depeche Mode that like, you know, fucking whatever. Um, I think I called into the radio station once when he was on air and I was like, daddy, can I go to so-and-so's house? <laughs> you know? So, yep. I mean, who's to say really kids calling is cute though. Oh. Fun. I just love I just love the idea of a kid who's you know he's he's a good father and he's ready to find someone special in his life and he's overcome with what do I do I need to find someone for my kid um the the movie's just absolutely I mean it's just absolutely endearing I don't want to give too much away because you do have to watch this and now I feel it is my duty as your best friend to make you watch this movie okay okay <laughs> I'll watch it I'll make Ethan watch it too <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, um, let's see, I'm making him watch Stranger Things right now, so. Oh, very fun. Very fun. Oh, I'm not done me. yet, so I don't want to okay, know okay, everything. Okay, keep, keep but... going, keep going. Well, um, so I do think that uh, I personally, you know, it has always been my dream, like this idea of girl next door, like someone who's kind of like classic American beauty, not necessarily pushing the envelope, but someone who's kind hearted has mm-hmm. always been a, like a persona that I've been very attracted to. I've always wanted to yeah. be very girl next door. I think that Tom Hanks in a lot of this movie, he is like giving boy next door. I think that that is why these movies have been so popular because it has a, um, a leading man who's a little bit just more gentle and kind and thoughtful, um, not so brutish and mannish. And I think that's part of why these movies have found so, so much success. Yeah, um, I will let you in on a little bit of rom-com. Uh, what would I say in the community? There's a big rivalry between you've got mail and sleepless in Seattle because mm. they obviously both star Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks. They both heavily feature New York city. Um, but I think just like the child element of sleepless in Seattle gives it a little bit more depth and um, I think makes it a more fun story. Well, I feel like I haven't seen you got mail, but I know the premise. Like, I feel like it's already dated itself for the technology Maybe radio disc jockeys have already are already dated too, but you know, there's that. I think the only rom com I've seen with Tom Hanks as the leading man is Splash, and I didn't put that shit on my list, and I should have. I forgot all about it. Fucking the OG. That was his big break in the Hollywood. Really? Oh my <laughs> that god! Was it. Well, he had Bosom Buddies, so that was the TV show that he mm. was in. But Splash was his big movie debut. That is he that was one in. on your actually, list? No, but I actually thought that movie was going to be on your I list. Thought, I, was... I just thought about it right now because you said it. Because I remember watching. Here's a funny story about this. <laughs> I remember <laughs> my, my grandma sent me the VHS when I was like, I don't know, in kindergarten. And I was like a real mermaid because I love mermaids. <laughs> if, if there's one thing I love, I'm a love a mermaid. It's so, like a mermaid movie. I watched that shit over and over again. And you know what? It holds up. The mermaid effects look good as fuck. Because I know like silicone mermaid tails are like easy accessible now. But like this one looks, it's the best. Um so when I was at school, I was like drawing topless mermaids all the time. And uh, my teacher had to call my parents in and they're like, she, why is she drawing boobies? <laughs> they're like, because real mermaids don't wear seashells, obviously. <laughs> I was there for the realism, bitch. I was like, it's, it's a little bit less little mermaid mermaid. And... <laughs> and also just a little bit gay. And I can't believe they didn't anticipate it early. 
I was like, <laughs> we should have known. <laughs> we should have known. Yeah, no, that's a great movie. Um, but it's also it's kind of criticized a little bit for being a good example of the born sexy yesterday trope, which, um, if you don't know, is when like a hot woman is stupid because she's like a mermaid or an alien or like a robot, and she has to have a man teach her about the world. So there's that. But it is a great time. We have fun. You know, I hear you, but you know what? I'm gonna give a mermaid a free pass. I yeah, also I'm, give me a tail and throw me in the ocean. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Help me. I am. I was born yesterday. Help. <laughs> I, I don't also, know anything. <laughs> I, a small detail from that movie I always thought was super cute is the little girl that plays the young mermaid Madison. She has a little heart shaped tail. <laughs> like, it's so cute. Yeah, that's just the, a fun little aside. But um, okay. I don't know if it's my turn to talk about the next one. I, that should have been on my list, uh, TBH, because this next one I don't feel super passionately about, but we're going to talk about it because I know it was on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's To All the Boys I Loved Before, um, which is a, a Netflix movie that came out maybe like a few years now ago. Um, what is, what's the name of the, of the actress that is the main girl? Oh, yikes. Let me look it up. I can look it up while you talk about it. I All I know is that uh, the guy is Noah Centineo because our, our friend is super obsessed with him. Ariel, if you're listening, that was really cringe of you, babe. Um, <laughs> she was like, I would die for that dick. We're like, girl, relax. Okay. Really? Um, really? <laughs> oh, I remember her. Of all the men I've loved before. No, um, I remember her saying oh, that exact Lana phrase. Condor is her name. Lana, Lana Condor. Condor. She is gorgeous. Oh Absolutely. my god. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about this movie is that it's a really good depiction of like what a real teenage girl is like. I really loved the authenticity. Um, and I actually read the book a long, long time ago. And what was really cool about it to me is that it took place in our hometown. Did you know that? Yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was going to say I love that that movie was from Northern Virginia. What's up? Does she where I'm trying to think. Was it what what college was she trying to go to? Was it Georgetown? It I was, don't know. Um, UVA. UVA. I should have yeah. known. It right. would have been the UVA bitches. Yep. Yeah. And I thought it was a really cool example of like, you know, we have a really big Korean population in yep. Northern Virginia. So like having a half Korean main character was really unique and cool and awesome. Uh, it rubbed me the wrong way that the movie moved it to like California because fucking everything takes place in California. That. It could have so easily been here and it absolutely would have made sense. It's because it's easier to shoot things in California, I think. But it does just piss me off a little bit because like I feel like all of these movies take place in California I'm like can we not can we not please um representation for Northern Virginia (laughs) right right no and um it's a great place to grow up a lot of people shit on it but like I always thought this was a really like romantic view of our hometown and I'd never seen that before and that Mm -hmm. was really special to me so I loved when they made the movie about it and honestly the concept of writing letters to boys that you've had crushes on is very up my alley babe very Mm -hmm. entirely up my alley and I would have died I would died of mortification had that happen to me so um respect respect for our girl and respect for the the hustle uh it's a great <laughs> i haven't i haven't read the other books uh in the series i don't think i they didn't interest me as much and i haven't seen the other movies but i loved the the outfits she would wear they were very cute oh, she, in her twee era um and then let's see what else uh, oh, yeah exactly i was about to say her Absolutely. room is great. her room is just it is beautiful, but it is so realistic. I, yes. The whole time I watched that movie, I was like, yeah, that does look like a teenager's room who just loves art and loves mm-hmm. fun colors yes. and designs. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would kill for that mural. Oh, so oh my cute. gosh. And her cute little, like, teal. The wall is teal. It's just so gorgeous. Like, so pretty. Yes. I love yes. it. 
very mm-hmm. good set design, very good costuming. You know, I, I love that. Very good book it's based off of. It's a, it's all around good time. And mm-hmm. she, she mm-hmm. and uh, Noah have a good chemistry. I think they work really well as an on-screen couple, for sure. I do, too. I think that as well. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the trope about, like, fake dating? <sighs> it's not my favorite. However... I think they do it so well in this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like it's it, when it's done right, it's good. But otherwise, I don't care for it. You know, the other Noah Centineo, Centineo, how do you say Centineo? I don't know. The I other movie no he was in around that time was, um, oh was gosh. It? It's Sarah one- Burgess. Is it the Sarah Burgess is a loser? Yeah, yeah. yeah Sarah Burgess is a loser, and mm-hmm. that one kind of does the fake dating trope as well, but not mm-hmm. as good. That not movie. It was a bad movie, friends. Uh, <laughs> I can't say I finished it, but I can say I started it. The soundtrack is good, but it's bad. It's based off Cyrano de Bergerac, which we saw the the um, Peter Dinklage version, which was phenomenal. But yeah, the concept of like an ugly person with a pretty person and bl- whatever, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't work. Noah Centineo and uh, Sierra Burgess's actor, they, do, they don't work together. It's just not the same. So I think that to all the boys was like lightning in a bottle for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to go back to her fashion, I feel like, again, it is just such a fun movie to watch because it pushes the envelope, but still being realistic. It's nothing too crazy. Right. It looks um, like she might have got it at H&M, but she knows how to style it. <laughs> so I fuck with that. Uh, you know, as someone who, for you, being a, an only child, you never had to live with the fear of things like that happening to you. Whereas my siblings, if they, I tell you what, you know this, if my younger siblings had found something like that they absolutely in the mail forever stamp but it's getting there you cannot get it back <laughs> oh gone. my god that's true i never <laughs> thought about that i yeah mm-hmm. oof. so maybe that's why you didn't do that kind of shit i have all my old diaries from back in the day oh my god they're so embarrassing but i keep them because i love to laugh at myself <laughs> oh my gosh and i know that 90 percent about it is about boys because if there is one thing that i know about you is that you've always been boy crazy you were boy crazy oh. when i met you in middle school absolutely indeed but what people don't know i was also girl crazy uh, <laughs> you were just attractive you know just you're attractive you're crazy fam oh my god no lot, lots of booby drawings in my diaries um but yeah absolutely correct i was concerned about everything that wasn't involving me i was like what are other people doing i don't even know how to get my shit in like i'm in their business this is true anyhow so actually this is a very good segue talking about Korean representation, a story that does not revolve around a strictly white couple. Mine also mm. does not revolve strictly around a white couple. However, this movie definitely, although it definitely leans more comedy, like I said, it has a very huge, big emphasis on the romance in the movie. And that is Coming to America. Oh, I wasn't expecting to do this. I was thinking uh, yeah. Always Be My Maybe was what you were uh, going to talk about. That's I, about, that, but- was, that was also something I, I flirted with. But I do think this movie just has a little bit more heart and I find it a lot mm. funnier. Yeah, so, that's fair. Coming to America by Eddie Murphy is about Prince Akeem from the fictional African country of Zamunda who wants to find his queen and where else to go but Queens, New York. So it is about his like wacky fun (laughs) adventure of packing his bags and going to Queens, New York and finding himself his like one true love. He, what was the, what was the, what was it called when you were uh, someone who is attractive? They were, you know, uh, just like they were born yesterday. They need help navigating. born, Born sexy yesterday. Born, yes. So he gives off a little born sexy le- yesterday, but we can't totally fault him for it. He has been a king that has had everything handed to him, and he was very adamant about 
not presenting himself as a king because he wanted someone to love him for him, which we love. We want, some, you know, he wants <laughs> his queen well, to love him for him. That's fair. But I actually can't think of another example of the born sexy yesterday trope that applied to men. Like, it's usually like women. So that's really cool, actually. I'm kind of into that. But that's cute. Um, what else about this movie? I mean, this movie was huge for just the African-American community. I mean, how many movies have an almost entirely black cast and the one cameo white person in that film takes on the what was traditionally the uh, like black role of like the wacky zany friend who's just, you know, present for laughs. They give that yeah. to Chris. Far- I believe it's Chris Farley who's in Makes it. Sense. I think so. I think Makes it is sense. him that's in it. Um, this movie well, is just so, it is just so funny. Uh, you know what's interesting though i'm glad that you brought that up because this phenomenon where like okay so men don't go see rom-coms because they usually feature female protagonists right the same way that white people don't go see movies that heavily feature black casts because we don't feel represented by that or some stupid thing like that um so when that happens and there is a a majority black-led cast of a movie that blows up it's a huge deal because that's rare. it's it's gotten a little bit better now i think one of the movies i i was going to put on my list i ended up not because i've only seen it once uh was uh girls trip which was the you know the tiffany haddish jada pinkett smith movie that's another yeah. good example um and i can tell you right now there are plenty of, of black actors that i have no idea but in the black community are super duper famous um and i know this because i was i i was watching a series of unfortunate events with my students at the end of the school <laughs> year because that's how i like trick them i'm like they talk about vocabulary and literary shit right okay um uh-huh. Anyway, one of the actresses that plays there, Aunt Josephine, uh, all of my black students are like, oh, I know her. She's in blah, blah, blah. And none of my white students knew who she was. So I was like, oh, crap. That's crazy. So I, I do think coming to America was a good example of that really happening for like one of the first times. So it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was also when, um, again, when I was looking up some fun facts about this movie, it's just mind boggling to me that um, a lot of like white audience members that were pulled after seeing this movie were, I mean, they said things like, well, I've never seen Africa portrayed this way. I mean, it was portrayed as this absolutely beautiful place like opulence and jewels and people who were well educated and you know it's mm-hmm. just hadn't been done before it hadn't been done at least to the scale that this movie was done but um True. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very cool i mean that's a great pick did you like the second movie absolutely not Actually, Ooh. I think that's one of the worst sequels to ever come out for any movie ever. Ooh, okay, hot take. Which was which was so heartbreaking because I I find I found it to be, you know, just kind of classic pitfalls that sequels fall into of rehashing the same jokes that worked the first time. Um, no character development to the you know these beloved characters that are there. Um, did you watch the sequel? I did, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. So I guess that's a marker of like a bad sequel. Okay, fair enough. Um, There aren't that many movies where I think the sequel is better than the first one. Top Gun is right up there. Um, I don't know. I can't think of another. Maybe Toy Story 2. No, Toy Story 3 is better than Toy Story 1. That's also a hot take, yeah. Toy Story 2 is garbage. Toy Story 3 is up. And also Cinderella 3 is dope. Cinderella 2 is garbage. Sequels don't do shit okay um you gotta work hard for those anyway okay we ready to move on i sure am okay number six for me is 13 going on 30 (gasps) this is also going to be on my list yep love it yes i thought you were gonna have this one on your original list but when meg told you to switch up this was one of the ones you were gonna switch up with and she's like no so we overlapped on like six movies totally i mean six movies yep (laughs) 
Um, so this movie's great. I mean, it's I don't know where to start. Uh, obviously, like the acting is impeccable. The chemistry between Jennifer and Mark. Oh, it's amazing. Though Mark Ruffalo in this movie kind of gives me the the energy that he just like didn't want to be there. <laughs> but it worked because that's kind of like what his character was, you know? Character, yes. Uh-huh. Um, so he was like, I'm just here for my bag, bitch. And like, you know what? I respect it. I respect it a little bit. Um, I love watching this movie again because there are so many actors in it that are like super famous now. Like, and they're just background characters. Like, Brie Larson is one of them. And you're like, what the fuck? And the casting they did for the younger and older versions of these actors is impeccable. Impeccable. The only time I've seen done better is like maybe on Glee. Glee did that really well. Glee was bad and everything else, but their casting was good. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I love that movie. What about you? What's your favorite part from it? Well, aside from the iconic thriller scene, which that dress right. randomly just completely Popped launched off. into stardom. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah. needed the 13 going on 30 dress all on a sudden. Um, I love this scene when they are having a late night walk and they're on the swing sets together because yeah. that is really the moment when they start to realize, oh, there is something special here. There's definitely a spark. So that's yeah. my favorite. Oh, yeah. And then I love I love at the very end when like she goes back to being 13 and she goes and she grabs him and stuff. I didn't understand the end. I saw a TikTok about this and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I have this question too, where they like walk out of the front door and they're married. And it's like, does she pull him into the future or does that she, is that like a segue into like how the future ends? You know what I mean? So it's a little unclear. Yeah. I would say, see, when I've watched it, I've always taken it to be that she, in making that decision to date him now, you know, when they were 13, that they just went on to continue their relationship and get married. So I don't think she was pulling him into the future, but. Yeah, that probably makes more sense. But I, I, I love the concept of her being like, "Look, you're hot now." <laughs> he was one, you know. That movie specifically was one of the first movies that I can remember that thinking, "Oh, I'm attracted to this not a conventionally attractive man." Mm-hmm. We love a sleepy, absolutely. sleepy-eyed dad bod. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and once again, this is like the running theme of the TNT podcast: is that emotional maturity is sexy, friends. I also love the idea of um, you know, the magazine idea that she pitches to her superiors of just I don't know, it was just like getting to what makes life fun and um, you know, just taking a step back from super high fashion that's not relatable and having your neighbors featured and people you know interviewed. I mean I'm still all about that. Hello, I would subscribe to that magazine. Yes, please. Hey, that's called the local newspaper. <laughs> I'm not to break it to you. You know what's so funny? This is why I, we, we work. I always thought her friend's pitch was cool. I was like, it's giving Alexander McQueen. We all, man, you got to do another. You know, I, I thought you would have grilled me a little bit more for this, but um, my fatal flaw is falling for the men in movies that you are not meant to fall for. And I'm not talking oh, about the bad guys, I'm yes. talking about the loser yes. friends that are there and present. Oh are not meant to have any romantic like spins on and i'm like yes you i love let's fucking discuss this because this is so (laughs) funny to me um one time i asked lexi like we were i don't know we were watching pirates of the caribbean and i was like i was like okay are you like a johnny depper like an orlando bloom girly like will or jack sparrow and she was like she was like commodore norrington i was like not the bitch in the powdered wig Oh my god. Listen, listen, you gotta just stay you gotta stay tuned for the sequels when he loses that wig, he becomes a little piratey. 
My, you know, my I, love, I love myself a rule follower sometimes. Yes. <laughs> you you had a crush on him fully in the first movie. Don't even give me that yeah, shit about like you were like oh, he's in the yeah. navy. I will say, oftentimes, you know, in in a classic best friend love triangle, I am almost always team best friend, but I'm almost always uh in a forced marriage. But the man is a good guy. I'm like, oh man, I really feel for you though. Yeah, you are my favorite person in the world and it cracks me up when this shit happens because it's almost like you can count on it to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe i've just known you so long that i can predict i'm like i know i should have known uh, you to like that that mean bitches proposal more her high fashion right and and when she goes to that frenzy, little cool Right. When she goes to that party, Andy Serkis, who, by the way, he plays the the editor and he's Gollum in Lord of the Rings, LMAO. Um, he says she looks like a sexy mermaid. And I was like, that's what I want to be. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. 13 going on 30. Iconic. And that's why Ariana Grande included it in her Thank You Next music video. So uh, that's how you know. You can't make this list without mentioning it. Nope. You sure can't. All right. So my next movie yes. is a updated retelling of a classic which you know we have we talked we touched on cinderella earlier this one we delve into shakespeare any guesses for this one there could be a lot because my next one is also a shakespeare (laughs) oh this is fun this is fun so i have she's the man oh yeah 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 yeah, based on shakespeare's 12th night we have Viola and Sebastian, who are twins. In the original Shakespeare story, they are shipwrecked. Viola has to pose as a man. The man she falls in love with (laughs) is in love with, you know, another woman. And that woman is classically in love with Viola, thus creating a horribly complicated love triangle. Um, So she's a man just does that but in such a fun way makes it modern in such a fun way so their gender vendor has some revenge aspect to it which i love amanda Bynes's character uh you know she broke up with her boyfriend her boyfriend said guess what you can't play soccer as well as me she said um not only can i i will literally transfer schools i will pose as a man i will play you in soccer and i will win which she does all that and and i'll kick your ass and so what a fun idea i mean yeah and this is again during amanda Bynes' like absolute total reign domination yeah. yeah like the domination of amanda Bynes. i mean top of her game this had to have been during amanda's show yes or was it a little bit no after? it was after that because amanda shows when she's like 13 wow. 14 oh my yeah, but god this was this was in the like uh what a girl wants era you know yep. So yep. peak peak rom com Amanda Bynes and she was she was good, man, so good. And uh, Channing Tatum I think really made his comedic, oh, I would yeah. say like premiere during this movie. That's I mean, true. he's just known to be such a funny guy, but that was really I think one of the first times they're like, yes, he is attractive, but he's also just like his physical comedy is it's just great. No, his timing is impeccable. I can't think of a movie he's done, seriously, that was good. The only one I know that he was in that was not a comedic movie was Dear John with Amanda Seyfried. It's not good, babe. No, I gotta say, as much as I love rom-coms, I am not a Nicholas Sparks girly. Not in not because they're not even rom-coms. They're just no. rom-sads. They're sads. <laughs> Rom, rom-sads. <laughs> 
Oh I my mean, god! Even Miley Cyrus finding her actual husband on the set even went up in flames. I mean, nothing. Oh my nothing god! Good has come with these movies, but do you do you like the Notebook? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I do think it's a good movie, but it is just even the Notebook is not one of my favorites. It's really not. Yeah, I think if a man threatened to kill himself if I didn't go out with him, I'd be like, "Do it. You won't. You won't." <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I can't. That, that, do we find that cute, or do we draw the line at like literally hanging off a carnival Ferris wheel for your attention? Is that cute? Yeah, I'd be like a little bit much. Hmm, I'd be like, mm, be like, get a hobby, <laughs> babe. <laughs> Maybe I can't. I cannot. Um, but uh, she's the man. Out of all the movies on my list, I actually think this movie is probably the most quoted still to this day i mean people our age are always quoting this movie and you know exactly where it's from whether it's uh probably gouda oh you like cheese yeah gouda's my favorite um i just find people always quoting this movie that's fair and um i think actually what i've seen the most from it is like halloween costumes when people dress up like Amanda Bynes' character in this, it's so funny. Every time the, with the tampon up the nose and like the tampon shitty up the nose, like, yep. <laughs> wig, you know, it's it's it kills every time. What a great costume. No, that's a great pick. And that kind of segues into my next one. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so if it's not She's the Man, can you guess? I actually don't. What is it? I don't know. Um, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh! Actually, yes. this wasn't on my list, and I should have known, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I felt oh, like this good. is another one like we could not talk about, um, and it is based on a Shakespeare play. It's based on Taming of the Shrew, which is Shakespeare's worst play. Uh, argue with your mom, okay? That mm-hmm. shit sucks, okay? Because <laughs> at the end, uh, there's this whole speech from Kate, the the Shrew in question, where she's like, "We should all be subservient to our men." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Some mm-hmm. people think that it's satirical, but I don't think so. There was a girl in my theater class who read that as her monologue one year, and I was like, "Babe, Ooh, really? Brave. Ooh, yeah." Anyway, um, so Taming of the Shrew, essentially, the the idea is like, you know, this this woman who hates men hates men and they want her to fall in love so that like her sister can you know because she's hot everyone wants to fuck her sister that's the, that's the concept um so in this movie the way they cast it was great julia styles yep. plays our main character and she's opposite uh heath ledger in his pink pretty boy era okay yep. but oh, everyone everyone is in this movie joseph gordon levitt is also in it um and then our 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 the, the the hot boy from Numbers that also plays the hot elf Bernard. <laughs> you know who we're talking about. You know the hot chocolate recipe. <laughs> Everyone's secret sexual awakening Bernard the elf. The brains also- just did it for everyone. <laughs> you know what? No, that man has has unfettered sex appeal, and nobody can explain it. Oh. I can't tell you. T- oh. Show me, like, show me a mom that's like, "Hey, Charlie from Numbers, do you fuck with that?" And they'd be like, "No," because they don't exist. They're all gonna be like. He can kind of get it. Like, I know. Okay. No, but as an elf, you give that man pointed ears and that were different story. <sighs> God. Anyway. So it's got a fun little cast. I remember the summer before high school started, I did this, like, I did like a theater camp. It was like an arts camp. I also played the guitar and shit. We hate me. Anyway. Um, I, we were like working on like typecast and I was typecast as like the younger sister. So I read almost all of, bianca's monologues in our recording sessions like with the people that we recorded with and that was like 
I was like, I am her. She is me. And I think that shaped me a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, wow. What would have happened if you were cast as the older sister? Be like, bitch, switch with me now. <laughs> we were training. Mean, Cause I'm bubbly and cute and chubby. Like people are like younger sister. We love to see that. Right. <laughs> um, but like, I turns out I'm also an unpleasant feminist. <laughs> I want to be so. There you go. I love the line where he's like, "Hello, cat. Ruin anybody's day yet?" And she's like, "No, but it's only four o'clock." I'm like, "Queen." You know, something fun about this movie that hasn't necessarily been the case with the movies we've talked about before is that these are two people who are gen in general kind of unhappy and they don't like being part of the crowd and they find each other and that's beautiful. I think typically you have the pairing of someone is very much unhappy, pessimistic, doesn't like to be part of the crowd. You have someone who is very much in the crowd, is the quarterback, is the football player, is the popular yeah. guy at school. And this is one where it's like two outsiders find each other and there's something beautiful and fun in that. Yeah, and I think it's one of the few instances where it like improves upon a Shakespeare play. <laughs> right, because... Um, <laughs> that... <laughs> yeah, literally. Because um, at the end, you know, instead of it being like, you should submit to your husband, it's this guy who's like you shouldn't meet her where she's at maybe she has a reason for being like this you know um and it's not about changing her so much as like getting her to just open up and be vulnerable like it, i think that that's beautiful i love that that's a great great way to go i i personally love that movie a whole lot oh my, what is your favorite scene from that movie would you say lots of iconic scenes I really love the dancing scene at the party where she bonks yeah. her head. That's actually, they saw her in that movie dancing and that's why they cast her in that, what, that, that Save the Last Dance movie. Because they're I like, okay, she that. can kind of throw some ass around. And yeah, she was kind of getting it low key. <laughs> so I low love key. And that. And oh, naturally that's when he's like, ooh. Hmm. Oh, yeah, what, sure. what about you? <laughs> what, what's your favorite scene? I mean, aside from the iconic, um, you know, like, singing to her asking her was it asking her oh, to prom you know yeah okay, take yeah. my eyes off of you I mean absolutely adorable I actually would have said the exact same scene being at the party she's throwing yeah. her back a little she's she's finally letting loose a little bit but she just went a little too loose a little too quick a little too, but... a little too, loose too quick baby <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's that's fair but you know what's funny about that like uh that song that song that he's singing to her is uh we're gonna talk about scooby-doo now um <laughs> so welcome to scooby-doo corner which isn't a thing but it should be um anyway they in the original cut of the 2002 scooby-doo movie they were gonna have velma singing that same song to daphne and they were like that's a, actually it's kind of vague they were gonna have her sing it and then have both Daphne and Fred come down the stairs at the same time, and both of them are in the shot, and you're unsure who she's singing to, and you're like, bye, Icon, bye, well, Icon. You know, in 2022, we would have caught on to the fact that this is yeah. clearly for Miss Daphne. Yes. They cut it, but it's in the special features. If you want to go oh. back and see your old DVDs, it's there. So you can get Gay Velma if you want it. Oh, man. A welcome to you. Sugar Ray on the coveted Scooby-Doo soundtrack. <laughs> let's, let's not even get into this, because I can fucking talk about a few decades that was my themed spotify halloween playlist last year i was my scooby-doo mystery van uh ink. Oh, what a good a good theme if there's anything you know how to do it is a soundtrack and this next movie on my list is nothing yes it's not a good soundtrack okay let's we have the Mamma Mia franchise. Oh, babe. Yes. This was okay. So I put this one on my list, but then I was like, I gotta give it, I gotta give it to Lex. This one's her. In fact, as we've mentioned before, we had so many movies overlapping that Megan texted me. She said, bitch, just be grateful. I'm giving you Mamma Mia. 
guys both love this movie and you both want it and I gave it to you. Be thankful. So thank you, Megs. Yes, this is Very true. Very happy to have it. So Mamma Mia, the first installment, the first movie, it is about uh, Sophia who is getting married and she wants her father to be present at her wedding. And so she's going through all of the possible men who could be her father just to realize in the end that, you know, her, who is actually her father doesn't matter so much as having these father figures who love her in her life, which is also something really special that family is not necessary. You can choose your family. The idea that you can choose who your family is, but oh my goodness, does this movie give nothing but fun? The fashion (laughs) <laughs> the music the setting this movie did did so much so early on i mean oh my gosh uh i think that right now there is so much talk about coastal grandmother i think mama mia did it first but better yeah, it did it the best <laughs> and you know what i it it somehow like marries coastal grandmother and disco queen perfectly yep. Perfect. how do you do that it's insane because i feel like they're kind of conflicting aesthetics but because one's like more like naturalistic and one's more materialistic, you know what I mean? But it works. It fucking works. And I just this movie is just a good time. And I think so many people who are into movies think that there has to be some kind of emotional turmoil involved. And I'm like, bitch, there is emotional turmoil. You guys just underwrite it because there's an ABBA soundtrack. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just... I mean, I you know, this may be a hot take. I do prefer the second Mamma Mia more than the first one. I love both. I will be overjoyed to watch both. But I do like the second one more. And I think I like it more because it really centers around uh, her relationship with her mom. And mm-hmm. I know you've told the story before about both of us watching the second Mamma Mia together. And we're just sobbing. Openly. Sobbing at the end. That's oh, my God. You know, we, if, if nothing, we both have... Um, just different but very complicated relationships with mothers and the, that movie can just really hit home sometimes. I remember we watched, we made Ethan watch it and he's just sitting we in between did. two sobbing women and he was like, what the fuck? Though at the end he was like, that was fun. I found out he saw that play on Broadway. Are you kidding? Right? Like, ungrateful. Of, of ungrateful. All, ungrateful. 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 Of all the people. Undeserving. I know. Of all the people, he doesn't get it. Um, and he's the one that's seen, seen it. Um, but I tell people all the time, the, the most fun I've ever had on a night out was like at an ABBA party. You know what? Actually, I've had a lot of fun times, but that was one of the top ones for sure. Felt very safe, very fun for sure. But I, I remember like you couldn't come for a reason and I feel like you've regretted it for your whole life. <laughs> entirely it was because I was in nursing school and I had clinical the next day so I had to be at the hospital early the next day I thought you know what I'm gonna set this one out you know what I should have gone because I tell you when I tell you not a day goes by (laughs) that I think about that ABBA fun mama mia night and I wasn't there it was like a like I don't know if the summer of 2019 so before like the world ended right before the world completely burned yep it was it felt like a like a send-off almost because i was like ah it doesn't get better than this and then then you know everything exploded but um (laughs) yeah abba's just like such a great time if you're feeling bad i dare you to feel bad after listening to dancing queen i dare you it's Mm -hmm. impossible there's this trend on tiktok where people keep putting in their bathrooms like disco rooms and you like press the button in the bathroom and the disco ball falls and then it's like no 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 like i i would love that (laughs) great 
<laughs> you know, my favorite of, of both movies, my favorite, uh, I don't know about favorite, but I love the Super Trooper sequence. Mm-hmm, the end mm-hmm. of the second one. Yeah. Which, again, we you've talked about it before. If I could be present on any movie, like film ever, I would have loved to be there for the filming of yeah. Mama Me Too. Oh my god, me too. They just were wasted and having a great time the whole time, which is fantastic. But I, you know, I love the Super Trooper bit too, just because I love seeing Colin Firth and, and Pierce Brosnan and LeMay <laughs> bell-bottoms with like that deep V, like oh my god, how sexy. We love a DILF here, okay? Um, but yeah, no, no, that's a great one. And it, what's great about it for you specifically is I think that Lily James in that second movie is you. Like, she is you oh my that God, is I'm honored i'm honored she's everything i hope to be she's yeah. like girl next door but like fun abroad a little bit more mm-hmm. i don't know sophisticated spicy it's, it's just but so you fun. know what lex here's the thing you definitely are that type because sometimes i'll text you and be like oh i'm in puerto rico and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe that and i'm like oh shit okay well i'm I... in virginia you know <laughs> I sure did pack my bags after college. I said, see you never, America. Yep, yeah. I really did. It so it reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. When, oh, when, I, when I miss you, I watch Mamma Mia too. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I love you more, though. I love you more. Uh, we're movies. sappy here. <laughs> Yay, friendship. Okay, moving on. This movie is so interesting, and I don't know. I don't think it's very famous, so I thought it'd be an interesting talking point. Um, and it's called Ruby Sparks. Have you heard of it? Never. Okay, this one has got to be on your list. It's got um, White Boy of the Month Paul Dano in it. Um, and if you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know who Paul Dano <laughs> I is, say I don't know. <laughs> listen, he's not cute. Paul Dano is not cute. Okay, but he's in he's in Loma Sunshine. He's like the angry emo kid in that. And then he's also in the recent Batman movie as the Riddler. <laughs> Um, but he plays the love interest in this movie, and it is so crazy. And then the girl in it, Zoe something, I don't know. She's in The Big Sick, um, and she's got red hair. Anyway, the movie is about a author who writes a book about the perfect woman, and she comes to life. And then it becomes a story about control, like how you can you can dream up the perfect person, but like you can't control them. Like they're they might not love you. You can't manipulate fate. Like, and they don't. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. It's so good, but it's, it's super interesting. And like the concept of like Paul Dano's character having to like figure out his own shit, like before he's ready to actually be in a relationship. It's like, yeah, there's a reason you're single, bro. (laughs) You know, it's It's not the women. It's maybe you. Yeah. And it's a very like self-reflective movie. And I think the actress that plays Ruby was the writer i think she might have directed it too i can't remember Mm -hmm. but this is actually um like a really good deconstruction of the manic pixie dream girl like and she becomes more and more human as the story continues on and it's just like such a good story this is another movie i had on my ipod mana that i watch all the time um and then i don't know the other guy that's in it that's kind of popular now he's super hot is the guy that was the italian dude from the mindy project what's his name you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the Mindy Project? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love that show. Yeah. The thickest Jersey accent you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. Or yeah. I guess he, it's a New York accent. Yeah. Well, he's very hot, short king status, but he's in that movie too. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's a little indie darling. Highly recommend it. Um, it's 
because like I said, people are going to in the next few months explode over it. I know it because like I said, Paul Dano's the white boy of the month. For some reason, after people saw the Batman, we're simping for him and not Robert Pattinson. I was like, are you blind? Are you stupid? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but I guess to each their own. They're each entitled their own. to their wrong opinion. It's fine. No, there was really only one clear answer when watching Batman, and it was Robert Pattinson. I'm sorry. Obviously. Thank you. Obviously. A, our ding, ding, ding of the night. There you go. But that sounds really fun. It's it's it sounds a bit like Pixel Perfect. Yes. But I'm willing to give it a shot. If it's a more grown up, more real version, like real life, a little bit yeah. grittier. It's it's uh it. it's Pixel Perfect except Ruby isn't an NFT. She's like a person. <laughs> <laughs> she has actual thoughts. Oh thoughts my god. And wishes, Dude, desires. I don't know if you listened to the DCOM episode we did about Pixel Perfect, but that's I just so it. unhinged. I love that movie as a kid. But that scene where she's fighting with Samantha, she's like, you're just fat. <laughs> it kills me every time. Okay, bitch. And she's like, I'm going to possess your meat body. <laughs> like, I can't believe it was a kid movie anyway. It is very similar. <laughs> wow. Love that. All right, it's me. I'm back again. Hi, was that abrupt? I hope it wasn't that abrupt, uh, but it probably was. That's the end of part one for today. Tune in next week for part two. It's going to be just as fun and probably just as hard uh, on your ears. But you know what? We're here for the vibes and not necessarily the quality recording. But we did just get some new mics and some new equipment. So hopefully that'll be changing in the future. I promise we're trying to get better. But thank you so much for bearing with us. This was such a fun episode to record, and I hope to do plenty more like it in the future. And if you guys have ideas for us that you would want us to record, or if you want to be a guest on our show, just email us at tensontenspodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next weekend. Bye. It has been so lovely having you in for our little tete-a-tete. If you have any further tittle-tattles or salacious salutations, you may contact us on the World Wide Web at tensontenspodcast.com. Or you may follow the ladies on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Tenzon Tens Podcast. That's one zero S O N one zero S Podcast. Or via email at tensontenspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, ta ta and toodaloo.